Discussions impacting your life the most. Lifetime live it is. And uh, we, we just, uh, you know, looking at, uh, I'm not sure whether we should be saying that we're celebrating NGOs and NPOs, um, but just reflecting on um, uh, some of the challenges they face and, and also just celebrating, I guess, is an appropriate word, um, you, some of their achievements uh, thus far. And I've always asked myself this question, should governments not collaborate with NPOs and NGOs and just give them the money uh, for development? Um, because they do the work anyway. Uh, obviously, there has to be measures um, that it's not just money that's uh, uh, just given out. And uh, joining us on the line right now is Steve Litzeke, um, because Nkulego is currently addressing um, uh, 12th December is National NPO Day. And uh, as uh, president of NPOs, um, he's on stage right now. Uh, timing, right? But thank you so, so much, um, Steve, for taking our call. Uh, very important conversation that uh, we must have around NPOs. Welcome and thank you so much for taking our call. Thank you so much, Chris Alda, and good afternoon to your listeners. So what is the significance of, of marking this day? Uh, so we're commemorating here and celebrating the NPO work, the work that is being done by non-profit organizations across the country and of course indeed across the world. And here we are we are looking at some of the successes, some of the challenges, but also what needs to be done to rectify and to remedy the challenges that exist. And, you know, a lot of NPOs that are gathered here today are here to speak about that. And they're here to say, let us change the narrative. Mm. We can't actually, because these NPOs operate in communities. These NPOs are serving communities, and these NPOs are also seeing very little that is being done to really support the efforts and, and, and to treat people who work in the NPO sector in the right manner. Mm. And I think, you know, what the work that is done by the National NPO Congress, you know, in trying to say, let's look at that collective, let's call networks of networks. Mm. And for us as Sonic Civil Society, we're here to lend a hand as well. So you there wearing two caps in, in, in actual fact, um, because you work a lot with yes. um, civil society, but over and above that, you also run Access Chapter yes. 2. So you would have first and experience on what it takes to just register an NPO because um, that on its yeah. own um, is just frustrating. No, absolutely, Chriselda. I think, you know, NGOs, NPOs, CBOs, SPOs, you know, are here doing the work. I mean, I do as well run a, 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 the organization and it's very difficult because sometimes as as directors, as, as employees within NGOs and NPO sector, you have to do multiple things. So if you don't have resources, you end up being jack of all trades. So we have limited staff even within organizations, and with that limited, you feel there's a demand, and we are unable to supply uh, as a whole. So these are experiences by many organizations. What we've also seen in the last couple of uh, years and months, a lot of NPOs who have been doing fantastic things are shutting down because mm. there's no funding. A lot of NPOs who have operated for over 20 years are shutting down because funding is going somewhere. So we are really making this call to say support 
the locals. When there are resources committed to NGOs, to NPOs, they must go where they need to go. You can't be taking money somewhere and that needs to be taxed, that needs to be taken out for other things, petrol, before it gets to a particular community. So I think for me it's very crucial that we audit exactly what is happening. Mm. We follow the resources that are meant to serve the people because communities, NPOs, have established on the basis of organized communities. And and how do we also, and I'm hoping that it's going to be part of the conversations today, where you mm. look at how uh, you you protect the sector uh, from chance takers. We today have yeah, a tragedy yeah. of um, life as a demand. Absolutely, absolutely, Chriselda. I mean, we were talking here, the, the Department of Social Development is here today, and one of the biggest concerns we've raised, we, in South Africa alone, we have more than 220,000 NPOs registered. That's a lot, that's a big mm, number. Mm, and we should mm. also realize if others, because the NPO Act changed over the years, if others are not registered under NPO. Uh, in Department of Social Development. Others are registered as CIPC, at CIPC as NPCs, which is non-profit companies. Mm. Now, you have large number of NGOs that are registering, of course, for the good deed, but part of it is that, is it also the challenge that we'll see that there are some becoming money laundering spaces, some are becoming so corrupt, why do we have one billion uh, rent turnover in NGOs? Is it still an NGO? Is it mm, still an mm, NPO mm, with 1.2 mm. billion rent? Or is it a company now? So some of these audits must be practical. When we put as a country things like BEEs, policies, and so forth, don't you think we need to consider the social uh, 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 policy in terms of social act, in terms of the registration of NPOs, in yeah. terms of auditing, not only just expecting reports and compliance report, but to then say, is this still fit to be an NPO? Is yeah. this still fit to be an NGO? In a manner that will not just undermine, but in a manner that will benefit communities where they belong. And and you also reflect on, on uh, organizations such as the Global Citizen. How do you oh. also monitor? I mean, that, that was a huge stage. And how do you then monitor that the funds that, because um, uh, uh, a lot of commitments were made, uh, how do we ensure that those funds will do the actual work that um, they intended for? I think, you know, you are nailing it, Chriselda. You see the global citizen that just took place one day. 100 billion was raised. And this is the question, even as civil society, we have asked. When billions are committed, where do they go? I had said during the World AIDS Day, when we were commemorating it in, 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 in Soweto, just a few days ago, we need to track exactly what is happening. So much money is coming in, so much money is missing. You know, we have raised the concern of corruption. We have raised the question of where the money is going. If Mamtambo, who has been operating Lusikisiki for so many years mm. and has been providing care as a caregiver and she's shutting down, but there's money that said it's meant for caregivers, mm. then we must question where is this money going. Mm. Literally, as NPOs, we don't only just want to say, yes, we want services, we want support, we want, but we also want to be accountable. For as long as... as we don't put down exactly the auditing 
and the following of monitoring of these resources, we're going to run a danger where we see a high level of corruption even within the NGO sector. And and uh, how do we also ensure that uh, within countries um there's there's checks and balances that it doesn't become a minefield of anybody and um anybody uh, can just come and, and open an npo ngo uh, and and like you said earlier on that uh, you know it gives rise to money laundering so what role do governments then play in ensuring that uh, there's checks and balances in the sector we need to tighten up the regulation. I mean, the regulation there in terms of ensuring that people can register, of course, because it's rights of associations and so forth, it's there. But in terms of tightening up the monitoring aspect, not only just of what, you know, if access is just going to give you a report and you walk away mm. and you don't actually interrogate and unpack, even in the era where funding is dwindling, even in South Africa, funding is dwindling, but we know there's a lot of money committed. So exactly how is the spending? If we take an example of HIV, let's track the spending of HIV. Part of it is going to treatment. Part of it is going for condoms. Part of it is paying salaries for nurses, doctors, community outreach workers and so on. But where is the rest going? And and whilst you check that, uh, also look at where these NGOs are located. If you're there to serve the community and 70% of your spend is on infrastructure, what's the point? So for me, an audit, uh, monitoring, accountability system and transformational system. Because what we've just even had today, one of the presenters said 90 uh, out of all these 220,000 registered organizations, mm. you have almost mm. 99%. Mm. 99% are black uh, uh, registered. Wow. But then when you look at where the resources are going, resources are going to 1% of the uh, uh, other. So we need to question exactly what we're doing to society. And if we don't interrogate that, then we have failed. I have failed, as Steve Lizzie, and, and we need to own up to that. Mm. And we are saying, let's rise, all of us. Griselda, in your capacity as a radio personality, having a show, call on all of us to come and account. Call mm. on all of us, and we appreciate those kind of spaces, this kind of spaces with SAFM. But also we want to go back to communities to assess exactly what is happening. That's it. All right, let's take a news break and uh, we'll take your calls on 0891-104-207 as we reflect on, um, you know, this is NPO, NGO Day. Uh, Do we celebrate? Do we commemorate? Do we mark? Uh, What is the significance of uh, NGOs in our space? And that's the question we ask, taking your calls on 0891-104-207 WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Joining me on the line is Steve Litzeke, uh, wearing two hats, uh, especially um, because it's talking to NGOs and NPOs. Access Chapter 2 and uh, also Deputy uh, Chairperson of SANEC. Lifetime Live with Chris Dudumashe.
All right, taking your SMSs, 40938, charged at 150, and uh, uh, also taking your calls on 0891-104-207, and uh, WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. We're also on Twitter and Facebook at uh, SAFM Radio, and uh, you can hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live, talking about NGOs and NPOs. Today, as we speak, um, the 12th of December marks uh, NGOs, Day and uh, uh, the NGO uh, NGO president. What is his um, uh, title? Uh, I know that it's a national federation, and um, oh. is it a, a non-profit congress of the National Federation of NPOs? Yeah, <laughs> tongue twister. <laughs> Such a long title. It's currently underway. And uh, where is this happening, Steve? Uh, it is happening in Juduza in Ekuruleni, uh, which is the east of Houting. And who um, amongst the people who are there as, as contributors? You, you know, there are quite a lot of NPOs, even the ones locally and the ones coming from various provinces. Uh, I remember hearing people coming from Limpopo, coming from uh, Western Cape, coming from Free State, and there are quite a number of NPOs who are here locally and also who work in the in, in, in the province. So you have uh, contralessors, you've got um, uh, uh, traditional health practitioners, you know, who are here. Youth is also here. Men's organizations are also here. Mm. LGBT organizations are here. So there's a spectrum of NGOs that are here and that are part of this day itself. And what are some of the ills um, that uh, most NGOs are focusing on in addressing uh, societal um, challenges? You see, some of these it's social ills and social norms that, you know, you find a lot of uh, NGOs are challenging. You know, you have men sector that, you know, works to encourage men to change some of their behaviors, to also encourage them to go test. Uh, for HIV and other non-communicable and communicable diseases, and also to show, ensure that men can change their behavior to address gender-based violence. You know, there are organizations who are here, and I saw a lot of performers, local performers here, who are here, who use arts uh, and culture to send a message to communities and so forth. So what we see is a pool of various uh, work that is done by a lot of NPOs. Caregivers mm. are here. Those who use education and who work with children in schools are here. Those who challenge homophobia, sexism, and, and transphobia. So there's quite a lot of reach. A lot of others are doing direct service, providing psychosocial support, uh, ensuring that you know society come out of depression and many other issues. So there's, there's a pool of service that is driven by NPOs that are here. And I think one of the significant things that I take away from here, it's also that NPOs are saying, we want to also speak about the treatment and circumstances that employees within NPOs are experiencing. So when you have uh, what we call the National NPO Congress, you know, which is taking a feel or approach of a federation, which must speak to the uh, principles and policies of NETLEC as well. Sure. You know, it's about how do we treat employees within the NPOs? Because mm. a lot of people in NPOs either are volunteering, are getting stipends, they are not their well-being mm. as employees. It's also not taken care of. So if I don't receive a salary for a couple of months, how is it 
that my own livelihood will not be addressed. Absolutely. How am I expected to challenge and change the world or the community? However, my own life. When I have my own challenges. And I guess some will also end up using um, volunteering uh, for that stipend as a job. Absolutely. All right, let's go to Ayanda in Cape Town. Good afternoon and welcome. Good afternoon. How are you? Wonderful, Ayanda. How are you? I'm absolutely well. Um, I actually um, jumped into office now and I hijacked the topic and I could not understand, but you mentioned about NPOs. Mm. I used to be on an NGO and I was chairperson of a board. And the NGO, uh, like it advocated around key population people, whereby it was trying to empower them Mm. in a way it was around sex workers whereby they classify prostitution as sex workers. And at that time, when I was getting there, I could not understand this huge, nice term that we are given, that we are now workers, we are sex workers. And we were blindfolded by being given some stipend. And I mean, coming from the street, you'll be wanting more and more of that money. But what I wanted, I wanted people within the street environment to be taken out and given opportunity of being enhanced in life Mm. and establishing themselves. And I saw that it was not being implemented. And it draws something to me that at the end of the day, are we really advocating for what our mission and vision is? Or are we just advocating for salaries that we can be able to sustain our livelihood mm. out of the situation of the underprivileged and who do not understand what they are, their rights are. And, and, and are what the their academic, needs are. Yes, and the academics who went to school are coming back and indoctrinating those that are lo- less fortunate with education by telling them that, no, this is it, it's de- whatever. And then you want to go for that decriminalization. Mm. And you're not, no, you're finding this term very fancy because most of the people that were in prostitution have not went to school. Mm. So to, to them, that term decriminalization sounded fancy. But in essence, we need something to take us out of that industry because believe you me, Chriselda, to stand on the street, it is not easy. And you get intoxicated. At the end of the day, you are not normal. And it's not something that you'd want to do. It's not something that you boast about. But it's the circumstances that derive you, that, I mean, that makes you do that. And you want to get out. Sure. So at the end of the day, these NPOs, they come and we're going, we like fools. Mm. And at the end of the day, when I looked at it from my position as the chairperson, and I said, no. This is not working. We need empowerment. But and we, we don't have more monobuses out there um, because yes. the more you speak up and, and speak and up against the norm, the more you'll be sidelined. Oh. And I was silenced. It happened to be me. And I happened, I, ha- I happened to tell them that I'm not money. I yeah. do not want everyone to like me. Thank but you. I, I Thank you very much. What is right. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. I, and and it, it is uh, the reality that uh, the more you speak up, the more you become sidelined. Uh, Monwabisi yeah. Olifir uh, on Twitter says, government can address social challenges alone. A partnership with organizations must be strengthened uh, through consent, engagement, and any form of uh, support, i.e. training, workshops, etc. Um, but count, uh, countability, accountability, I guess, must also form part of uh, both parties. 
parties in the process um, because it's all good and well to say uh, here's a job come and offer your services and comes time uh, to report back uh, monitoring and evaluation also has to be part of this and uh, just taking an sms uh, from jk Lungwane, um say who's an energy consultant in bumalanga and uh, says 2007 taxes all forms uh, that's a different uh, topic altogether the book of revelation seems to be uh, talking about me and my farm uh, says uh, jk Lungwane. i'm not sure uh, what the relevance is but uh, thank you thank you for tuning in and thank you for listening so what are the expected outcomes as as we conclude this conversation, Steve? I think the expected outcome is is a roadmap that will also provide some guide and 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 some um, uh, approach that the National NPO Congress must also consider, mm. but also to call <clears throat> on all NPOs across the country to say one. The president had called various summits. It was a lot of summits, of course, we are aware of that. But there's one summit that is crucial that all of us must find interface with. This is the social sector summit. Mm. Um, we need to be able to then say, what are the things that the social sector summit must take in consideration sure. as part of the agenda, but also as part of the decisions that must be done. Two, there's... Um, Netlack, which has a community constituency, how as NPOs are we finding our participation there? Three, the civil society forums and various other structures as networks, how do we then ensure that the issues that NPOs are struggling with are finding expression in our agenda, in our uh, resolution? But also what National Department of Social Development must be doing in order to say, as part of the NPO act by dsd that is uh, holding the mandate Mm -hmm. how are we ensuring that we audit we monitor but we also ensure that we continuously support the npos in their own communities but also dti's role because we've got npc and npc which is overlooked because of the word uh, a company in it but it's a non-profit company how is that done adequately not to undermine the efforts and the ideology that one one we have as NPOs. But the reality is that we want NPOs to account. We are calling on all NPOs to stand up, to say be counted, but also be part of the solution. That's it. So we'll actually just be knocking at your doors um, to reflect on the outcomes and uh, uh, look at monitor um, from where we stand. And like you say that uh, we have to all be partners. We uh, we all have to take part in ensuring that uh, people are accountable, uh, whether it's uh, at government uh, level or the NPOs and NGOs themselves. Thank you so much, Steve, for taking our call. Thank you Thank very you much. So That's Steve Liseke, who's a deputy chair of the South African National AIDS Council and also um, founder and uh, CEO of Access Chapter 2, as we're talking about uh, NGOs and NPOs. Today uh, marks uh, National Nonprofit Organization Day, and the National uh, NPO Congress uh, um, is currently underway, hosted by the National Federation of NPOs in South Africa, and uh, it's happening at Duduza. And uh, it's going to be on until um, told 3 p.m.